Holly Cotton here and you guys, I have a treat for you. First of all, I know that you probably just wrapped up your Christmas pajama pictures. Maybe you found a new little friend. Maybe you're trying to work on 2024 goals with your new little boo, or maybe you're just in a relationship where you need to spice it up or keep it spicy. Whatever it is that you're wanting or needing in your relationship, I have it for you today. So I am joined by Dr. Viviana Coles, who is a psychotherapist and she is a relationship therapy expert. And she is also an author of the four intimacy styles, which we're going to get into all of that because that's what you guys want. She's also the president of the National Sex Therapy Institute. She is... I, so you already know we're going to get all of <laughs> the intel today from Dr. Viviana Cole. So welcome. It's so nice to have you today. Thank you so much for having me, Holly. I'm excited to finally be on your podcast. I know that uh, last time we met, it was like, let's make it happen. And I thought before the holidays are over, I don't know. No, we made it happen. This is good. We did. We did. So just so you also know, I forgot to add this about Dr. Viviana. She is also a music artist and make sure you download <laughs> Sleigh Bells for your 2024 Christmas playlist yes. because it, yes, yes, yes. We couldn't get it before Christmas, but add it for your playlist for next year because it is still going to be on all streaming platforms. So she is also an artist so oh my <laughs> that gosh too. yeah it, it's I needed to add one more hyphen right no I uh Sleigh Bells S-L-A-Y-B-E-L-L-S is out there for everyone to hear bucket list item I hope you like it apparently it's really catchy and people really like to hum it so go for hey, it hey I did too. I added it to my playlist and it actually came on while I was listening to my Christmas playlist so I was like okay Yes. I like it. Go ahead, Dr. V. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you for the support. I hope uh, you like it next year just as much. <laughs> Definitely. Well, we'll have number two on the playlist for next year. So you have a whole year to come up with. <laughs> the you know what? I rolled my eyes because I was thinking, okay, this is a one-off thing. But I've had a lot of people saying, okay, when's the next one coming out? And I'm like, oh, gosh. And so my mind's already been turning, but who knows? Uh as if I don't have enough. Yes. Like, yeah. And you're going to hear, all of you are going to hear just how much is in my brain. And you're going to say, okay, there's no way she's going to put another song out, but we'll see. <laughs> well, you have a whole year, Dr. Viviana, so don't <laughs> worry about it. Yeah, we're, we'll be waiting. No pressure. <laughs> So before we go into all of the questions that I have and also talk about your book, can you kind of just give us your background? Because I, I gave the a general bio about you, but there is something that obviously ignited a passion in you where this is what you wanted to specialize in. So can you give us the backstory about that? Yeah, you know, I, I love that that it, it it does feel like a passion and it still feels like a passion. I became... Um, interested in relationship therapy when I was in college, already decided I was going to go into psychotherapy, which is just another way of saying counseling. Um, it's a, it's not the easiest thing to accomplish because you have to get your master's, you have to get your licensure and all of that takes years and years. But I was very, very sure that I wanted to go into private practice. Um, and I wasn't sure about couples because 
couples at the time were just very intimidating to to work with. And lots of therapists will refuse to work with couples because they're like, it's just too much. Um, So I went into it thinking, okay, I'm going to do family therapy. So I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified sex therapist. But once I started getting into private practice, I really quickly realized, okay, I'm going to focus on relationship issues and sex issues. And I have done that in like with my blinders on ever since. So back in like 2006, 2007 is when I really focused on, on doing this. And I've, um, I just love it. There's, there's nothing like the challenge of working with two individuals with very individual needs, very individual histories and past and bringing them together so that they can hopefully have a really fulfilling, long lasting relationship forever, right? We're always talking about forever. And there's nothing that is not challenging about that. There's nothing that doesn't require like a real expertise and strategy. So I just, I love it. It is, it's something that I feel like I could do forever. Um, the people that come to see me are such a variety. So it's like nothing is ever boring. Um, and again, like after having done this for nearly 20 years, I started seeing clients in 2003. So it's been 20 years. Um, I just feel like I'm in the right spot. I don't ever feel like I need to venture out into different types of therapy or different types of issues. I have my variety and my fun in doing fun projects that are relevant, like coming up with a sexy little Christmas song or writing a book or creating online programs that people can access 24 seven. Like these are things, that's how I get my fun and variety and, you know, variety is the spice of life. But as far as working with intimacy issues, that's my jam. And I foresee doing that forever. Well, and that leads into my first question, because I know the title of your book is uh, the four intimacy intimacy styles. So I don't know why I can't say intimacy today. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. So can you tell us what are the four intimacy, intimacy styles? What are the four intimacy styles and how do they fit into a healthy sexual relationship? So for a lot of people, we are very fortunate to have been given the gift that is the five love languages. That came out in 1992, and it is still just as relevant today when it comes to experiencing emotional intimacy in a relationship. The five love languages allows for us to very clearly say, this is my language. If you speak my language, partner, I am going to feel emotionally intimate with you. It is very different when it comes to sexuality and physical intimacy, because how we like to receive physical intimacy doesn't always line up with what we like to give or how our partner likes to receive it. So what I learned over the past 20 years of working with couples is that when it comes to sex, it is a completely different bucket. And even Dr. Gary Chapman, the author of the five love languages says that too. He's like, physical touch does not equal sexuality. That's a whole other thing that he didn't write about. So that's where the four intimacy styles comes in. I have realized and recognized over the past 15 years, that there there are very distinct ways that you can experience bonding, release, giving, and responsive intimacy styles. 
So if you're able to figure out how to create a, um, a sex life with your partner that incorporates all four of those, hopefully in equal parts or as close as possible to equal parts, you're going to round out your intimacy style and that's what you can have forever. Because then you can ensure that not only your needs are being met, but your partner's needs are being met. And it is very much a dance. So you can't just say, well, okay, you need to experience release. Well, that's all we're going to do and be one note. That doesn't work long-term. That can work for a night or for, you know, May, December romance. But long-term, when you're wanting to be with your partner for 20, 30, 40, 50 years plus, you're going to have to learn how to round it out so that you can have a little bit of everything and get all those boxes checked off. And that's what the four intimacy styles is all about, is helping you to round out your intimacy style so that you can do that. Now, I am very excited because at the early part of 2024, I'm gonna be releasing a companion course. So everybody who's read the book may come back and say, okay, we've read the book, we were super excited about what we learned, we started incorporating it into our sex life, but then over time, just like with our New Year's resolutions, they start to fall off. And what can we do now? So I'm creating this companion course so that you can always have that support and have it at top of mind. And just dip back in every once in a while when you're feeling like, hmm, I don't think we're really on the same track anymore. This will be there to help you. And that'll all be available on drviviana.com. Okay, so let me just sidebar about that. Okay, <laughs> you know I had to have a question. So you know that I released my book this summer called Somebody's Wife or Not, Discovering Self-Love in Single Life. So I wanted to address a book for the single people as a mental health advocate, life coach, all of this. I too hear people all the time and I get all of these single people. So I'm on this side of it where I have single people and I see people and they're like, well, I feel like I'm settling. You are. Oh, I feel like I'm doing this, you know. So they have all of these things that they're doing on the single side. So one of the things that I wrote about in my book was about, you know, single sex and having sex as a single person. And sometimes that can be challenging because, you know, it's not like you're in a relationship where you can say, hey, babe, I'm in the mood tonight. You actually, as a single person, you have to go find someone or, you know, <laughs> answer some DMs or something in order to get to that level. So what advice do you have for single people that don't have a monogamous partner or don't have a, a, you know, a regular partner. So now I still have these intimacy needs, but I don't know how to explain that because you and I don't have those years and years of where I can talk to you comfortably. I can't tell you like, hey, that ain't it. This is what I need. So what advice do you have for single people that are looking for that intimacy as well? It's even more important for singles to know how to round out their intimacy style. And let me tell you why, because you don't have as many or maybe as frequent opportunity to be able to experience all the different four intimacy styles. So it's even more important for you to get really good at incorporating a quarter of each of those in every sexual experience in order to get your long-term needs met and, and to also possibly get their long-term needs met. So I, I say with the singles that I work with, it's even more important that they know how to do that because they have to get it 
hopefully in every single time they get it in. (laughs) So super important to do that. And, you know, the other piece of it is that if you are a selfish lover, um, when you're single, that's going to work out okay. And it's going to probably be a better opportunity, uh, than if you're partnered up and you're selfish. So really knowing what works for you, really knowing what you enjoy and what helps you to get kind of that boost of confidence. Because ultimately when you're single and you're experiencing sexuality, you want to experience a boost of confidence. You want it to be something that propels you to your next experience feeling like, yeah, I got this, you know? Uh, And that's much more attractive to potential partners in the future. So if you can get really good at rounding out your intimacy style and creating a sexual experience that boosts your confidence, you're in a much better spot. So whenever you're doing therapy and this even, like you said, couples therapy is, is like kind of your baby. And so whenever you're doing therapy, how do you tell your, your clients that aren't comfortable with even talking about these things, what are some of the techniques or the advice that you give them? I know we, it's, we asking for free advice, Dr. Viviana, you're like, well, I charge. I love doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what, there's no, what do you tell them? Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and sharing it on my social, I love sharing free advice. So what I would say, um, for those of you who are trying to figure out kind of how to get those needs met and, and, and I would say, make sure that you are ready to answer when they say, what do you like? Because if you don't know the answer to that, you may not get the opportunity to grow into knowing what the other person is into. They may not ha- they may not be that comfortable being able to say, well, I know I really like it when someone goes down on me this way. And I know I really like it when we use this toy. Sometimes people are very, um, they've had bad experiences with initiating different things and feel shut down or feel rejected or feel embarrassed. So it's important for you to come out of the gate saying, Ooh, this is what I like. Are you, are you game? Or this is what I like. What do you like? Maybe we can do a little bit of each, but for the people who come in to see me, who are uncomfortable with this topic, first of all, it's very rare because everyone knows that this is what people are coming in to talk to me about is really sensitive topics, not just with sexuality, but also with relationships. So it's very rare that people come in and they're like totally shut down. But for the rare person that does, I always let them know, like, I'll ask questions. I, I will kind of lead the way. I have no problem leading the conversation. And usually we jump into the deep end within the first session. Sometimes people ask me like, well, what, what's your style? I jump right in. People want to get help yesterday. So for me, it's like, let's jump right in. Let's get straight to the point. I'm going to use my 20 plus years of experience and you're going to get it very quickly. So we don't have to spend two or three sessions warming up. I've never really understood that style of therapy where it's like, let's warm up for the first two or three sessions. No, 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 no. Let's just jump right into it. Um, I've also had recently a, a, a few clients who've said that they've come to me and left their previous therapist because the other therapist like barely said anything. I don't, I can't even imagine a session of just sitting there and listening without, you know, asking for clarity, asking or giving advice. Like I just can't imagine, but 
So most people who are uncomfortable get comfortable very quickly when they realize, oh, this is what she does every single day. And the past four hours, she's been talking to people. So she's warmed up. I love that. Okay. I, you know what? Um, that, I think that's so important because I'm one, I hate to waste money. So if I'm coming in, like you said, you know why mm -hmm. you're here. Don't come acting shy. You know, <laughs> you knew what you were getting into. I love yeah. that. Dr. Viviana. I yeah. love that. Okay. So next question, why is sexuality important for intimate partnerships and what are some of the obstacles that get in the way? Cause I know a lot of people, especially that are in long-term relationships, men always complain that women, they aren't sexual anymore. Now you have infidelity. Now they, whoever they were then now you're just living in the same house. You're walking by each other. There's no whatever. Men always tell me that when I released my book, that was the first thing when I had the chapter about stay and cheat. I got so so much feedback from men because they were like, yeah, it's unfortunate because I love my wife, but I also want to feel wanted. So yes. A hundred percent. So I would tell them that the reason that sexuality is such an important part of a, of a long-term relationship is because you're not, if you're in a monogamous relationship, which most people still are, you can't get that anywhere else. So imagine if the only time you were able to eat was if your partner cooked it. What if, wouldn't you have a, wouldn't you want them to feel excited about cooking, learning new things when they're going to feed you, having the money to be able to cook? Like you would be very invested in their, in their relationship to cooking, because you would want, because it's, it's the only time that you would be able to eat. So here's the thing. I think a lot of people forget that just because you're in a monogamous relationship doesn't mean that your brain is necessarily wired to be monogamous. So it's so important to try to get all of those needs met, the, getting the, the rounded out intimacy styles is so much more important because then you don't have to worry about not getting certain needs met with your partner. And some people really struggle with that. Of course, they're going to. It's a long-term relationship. You're going through tons of changes as individuals, health, professionally, um, just being exposed to different things. Your bodies are changing. So it's so important to have those conversations often, to be addressing your sex life often. You know, people come to see me and they think, oh gosh, you know, I, we're the only people experiencing this. No, everyone experiences it in long-term relationships at some point. Everyone experiences these issues, but the couples that do really well on their own are at least talking about it, or at least talking about the fact that it's not happening, or at least talking about the fact that, you know, hey, we're struggling in this place. What's our plan? Like, do we have a plan? Do we need help getting a plan? Can we read this book? Sometimes people buy my book, The Four Intimacy Styles, just so that they have an initiation tactic for talking about sex and talking about their intimate connection. You know, sometimes, you know, people come in with their books and say, we read this and this really resonated with us. We wanted to really dive in because we don't really know how to do this on our own. So it, it really just is very important for you to remember, if you're in a monogamous relationship, you are 50% responsible for this thing that only the two of you have. Oftentimes people will talk about sexuality as being sacred in, within a relationship, but it will only remain sacred if both of you 
are really putting that effort into contributing to the bond there. And the four intimacy styles can help you do that. So first, I just I thought I had a as you were talking, I had a visual of, of like um, the husband um, not knowing how to tell the wife that he wants to talk. So he just sort of hands her this book like, hey, yeah. I found this book. We might want to read. <laughs> we might want to well, read. Or more often than not, they're like, you know, that lady that we watch on TV, here's her book. Let's check it out. You know, uh, and it's available. Not saying e-books. anything's wrong. Maybe we should just read it together. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I think a lot of people forget that it is very cool to be in a healthy relationship. It's maybe you don't feel like you need to shout it from the rooftops, but most people I can tell you are really trying if they're going to be in a relationship, they want it to be healthy. And that includes check-ins that includes reading books, listening to podcasts. There are intimacy games. I'm coming out with one. Like there's so many different things that you can do to strengthen that bond because everything else has that ripple effect. And if you're not doing well in your relationship, whether emotionally or or physically, it is very likely that the other things are going to start to feel the effect and it's usually negative. So I'm a huge fan of if you're going to choose to be in a relationship, try to make it as healthy as possible and try to, and that's cool. That's a good thing. It's cool to be in in a marriage that's healthy. And I also wanted to ask you because you, um, uh, you mentioned the word often as a, as a time, time stamp. And I'm just curious for anyone who's maybe in a relationship or especially a new relationship, because you kind of don't know those things. Whenever you're with someone for 20 or 30 years, like I hear the way my sister talks to her husband, the way my niece talks to her husband. And I'm wondering one, how are you still married? But two, it's just a different way of, (laughs) of speaking to your partner. So when you're saying often, give me a time reference of if I'm in a relationship what is considered often? How often is often where I should have these check-ins to make sure that are you having your needs met? Am I having my needs met? I'm a big fan of scheduling like 20 minutes over coffee or lunch once a week. Once a week, guys, you should be checking in with your partner because a lot can happen over the course of two weeks, three weeks, a month, two months, three months, and you want to be ahead of it. Now, Lots of people use therapy to do to have their check-in once a week with me. Awesome, no problem, but you don't always have to do that. Sometimes it's just a matter of like asking the same three questions every week. Is there anything that's on your mind that I don't know about? Do you have any upcoming stressors that you need my support with? And third is, is there anything that's lingering that you haven't told me about that's still a problem for you? Like you can ask these questions. It may not be an easy conversation, especially if the answer actually is like, Hey, yeah, I have this going on, but that's what a partnership is all about. And that's how you avoid divorce or being blindsided by an infidelity later on is if you're talking about it now, again, not the easiest topic to talk about, but so, so important and integral. If you're going to be in a long-term relationship, you mentioned something earlier about maybe how you see other people talking to their partners and wondering like, how in the heck do they stay together? Disrespect is never okay in a relationship. And I see that issue happening all the time. 
being able to cut that off right at the very beginning. So whether you feel like the ship has sailed or not, it's so important to go back to the setting of being respectful when you talk to somebody. It is very, very difficult, if possible, who knows, to experience true intimacies with someone and trust with someone when there's no respect. If you talk to each other in a disrespectful way, even if it's, oh, well, it only happens when we drink or only when I'm super angry, that's part of the work of being in a long-term healthy relationship is learning how to not do that. If you can avoid those things, you're going to be so much better off. Yeah. And I could tell you because I'm, I'm a nurse and I just, I remember like working on the floor, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and being with a patient and their the partner would come and visit them, whatever spouse, husband, wife, whatever would come visit. And then after they leave, they're like, oh, thank God they're he they're gone and they make my life miserable. And I'm like, Ooh, who wants to, <laughs> who wants to live like that? Nobody does. Nobody does. So that also at I know, I know. And then, uh, and then also I could tell you too, because all of my friends that, you know, whenever we kind of all were in that 20 year marriage mark, and I think 20 years is kind of that make or break it mark, either you make it past that 20 or you get out at 20. I don't know why the kids are grown now or whatever, but everyone always kind of have the same example, husbands and wives. And it was, I'm not emotionally connected to them anymore. I'm not emotionally connected and emotional connection apart. is huge. Cause it, mm -hmm. yep, exactly. Which goes into my final question for you, Dr. Viviana. What can couples do to avoid falling into a disconnected relationship that will likely lead to a breakup? So being very aware of the level of connection that you have between the two of you is so important. I think a lot of people, and this is where they end up in my office, again, not the worst place to be, but it's certainly not where most people want to be, um, is that they feel like, oh my gosh, I have felt disconnected from you for ages. And a lot of people thought, oh, it'll, it'll get better when the kids are this age or when that job promotion comes through or when we move to wherever or what, like it's, it'll get better when it'll get better when, but meanwhile, we are humans who need connection. We want healthy connection. So we're looking for it, whether it's now we're connecting with spirituality or we're connecting with health um, and fitness or connecting with colleagues or connecting with, you know, your best friend or whatever, you're going to be seeking out that connection. It's not just going to be there waiting and, and willing after two years when the kids are, you know, on their own and sleeping in their own room again or whatever. So I think it's just so important to be highly aware of the level of connection that you have. And the minute you start feeling it go this way, don't think you're going to burden your partner by telling them you're giving them a favor. You're allowing them the opportunity to say, okay, let's see, let's address this together. Even if they seem to be completely busy with other things, you do your part. I always say, if you know better, do better. So share that you're experiencing this and say, look, I may not know what the answer is, but I want you to know that I'm feeling this because this is part of being in a partnership is letting you know, because you can't read my mind. And if your partner ever brings up, Hey, I'm feeling really disconnected or I don't, you know, I don't know why, but I just feel like I don't feel as close to you. Those should be huge alert and alarm bells going off telling you, okay, 
what can I carve out from this next week to have a conversation, to go on a walk together, to get date nights back on track. Every single couple that I've met, um, when they start doing their date nights again after a period of not, all of them are like, why did we ever stop? Date nights are so much fun. It's such a great way to reconnect. And it can be something in, in the house, very less, you know, very inexpensive, or it can be something big. But I can't tell you how many times people have said, gosh, once we have that like steady date night to look forward to, we just feel more comfortable around each other. And we feel like we're doing what we're supposed to do. So being aware of that disconnect or where your level of connection is, is super important. Hmm. Okay. Date night. Yeah. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to be like, hey, babe, date night. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I love it. I, I love mean, it. Again, if, if you're, and then it, you can get into layers of like what you do and always try something new and try a new restaurant and taking turns and who's planning. But the truth is, I can't tell you of anybody who's ever said, I really regret having a steady date night with my partner. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine that either. And I think that it because it, it does, it, it's both ways. So I think the guy gets to refresh being a man and taking on his masculine role of taking care of the woman because he probably gets caught up in, you know, being treated like another one of the kid and kids <laughs> and then the woman gets to have that wine and dine where she's treated like a lady so I think the date night definitely allows us to pull those those roles out that we probably get lost in so I definitely I'm all pro date night mm -hmm. as well Dr. Viviana and even higher level when you try something new as a couple even if it ends up being a total fail you at least bond over the fact that it stunk, you know, like that's okay. It's okay to bond over it. Not everything has to be perfect. And if, and now here's the thing, it puts much more pressure on that one date night if you're not doing it very often. So the more often you're able to do it, just like with sex, the more often you're able to do it, the less pressure is on that one experience and it doesn't have to be perfect, quote unquote. Mm, I love that disclaimer. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the disclaimer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So for everyone that is interested in getting your book, following you, finding you, um, I know that you also, she also has a practice here in Houston. So maybe they're like, Whoa, Lord, we need to go see her. So drop all the ways that people can find you, like you and support you. Well, um, Dr. Viviana, if you spell out Dr. V-O-C-T-O-R-V-I-V-I-A-N-A.com is my website. Dr. Viviana is on my socials. My practice is Houston Relationship Therapy, but we see people from all over. I'm licensed in California, New York, Florida, and Texas, so I have clients from all over. And if you're ever interested in getting my book, it's all there at drviviana.com. Four Intimacy Styles Quiz is available for free right now, so you can check out what percentage you're at for each of those intimacy styles right now to see just how much work you need to do to round it out. Um, I like to give freebies all the time for all my subscribers. So if you subscribe cool. to my emails, you're going to get all of the information um, and, and all the latest news before anybody else. So next time my song drops, you're going to be the first to know about it. Any new books or online programs, speaking engagements, events, all of those things, anything having to do with TV, it's all there on my newsletter. So check that out as well. I love that. I love that. So that is Dr. Viviana Coles, you guys. Thank you, Dr. Viviana. Thanks, Holly. Take care.